Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root from Cardswire.com. Arizona uh, USA Today's Arizona Cardinals site. My co-host is Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com. SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site. He's got some inside sources. I've got media access. We're both big fans of the Cardinals and have been for some time. And this is show 195. It is our training camp preview. But it's a little bit more than just the training camp preview. Because Seth, guess what? What happened we didn't. We don't have a David Johnson deal, but we have something that's probably as important as that. Yeah, and it just you know came out of nowhere. We we were waiting, obviously the the time and pass for Le'Veon Bell's deal to be able to get done, but we were waiting for a deal to get done, and we knew the numbers that Bell turned down, and so we were just waiting. Like what what was the holdup? And I think I mean something you and I covered on the last on the last show and it's something that we've talked about before the holdup has always been the real money the guaranteed money how much money were these guys going to get and todd Gurley comes in and just absolutely flies by any number that you and i have even discussed i mean that's it, it was 15 million more in guaranteed money than you and I had even talked about that Todd Gurley ended up. And that is, that's a huge number. I mean, that's a substantial number. And if you haven't heard what the numbers is, if you haven't run across that yet, Todd Gurley signed. Now, again, this is a 23-year-old Todd Gurley who still actually had two years left on his deal. So he had the original fourth year of his rookie contract this year. He has the the fifth year team extension for 2019 but the 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 Rams signed him to a four year con- contract extension worth 60 million dollars with 45 million dollars in what in what they called guaranteed money including a 20 million dollar signing bonus absurd crazy money 15 
15 million per year average for a running back on those four years. And what I what was it that the you were telling me that the the previous the previous number for guarantees for a running back was was it 18 point something is that what it was? I mean 18.25 in terms of <laughs> veterans. Obviously, um, previous rookie deals when it was absurd, and, and now even new rookie deals like Saquon Barkley's 31 million guaranteed were a little different. But veteran running backs, 8.25 was the number. That's crazy. And, and you know, we'll, we'll see what, how this contract is structured, but we know that up front, he's getting 20 million. There's another. 25 million in guarantees it probably kicks in uh i would guess that that first year that that probably everything for the next couple of years when i know next year's contract is guaranteed um kind of it was the probably locks in that for guarantee and probably 2020 I would guess, but we'll have to wait and see how it's actually structured because that becomes important. And why is this important? Because David Johnson, that's the other big news because David Johnson, his holdout's done. So that was kind of a weird thing. He held out of mini camp, the only part he had to be at. He reported early. He was able to report being a return, returning injured player was able to report on Monday. He did so. And report, you know, on social media, announced that he's back. He's putting his trust in his agency to get a deal done. Apparently, there has been positive, there have been positive strides taken to getting a new deal done. So I would anticipate, even in the absence of Steve Kime, who who was who is now it was that was the other news that we missed is that Steve Kime suspended for five weeks after the after everything came down. And so this, they're still in contract talks, and I would be I wouldn't be surprised if things happened in the next couple of weeks because that's always when it's happened. If you remember the last few years under Steve Kine, when do they announce contract extensions for players entering their final year? So you got Patrick Peterson it happened, you had Tyron Matthew it happened, you had Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald, which were surprise ones where it happened. They take care of that during training camp, so. The thing is now, what with that girly deal, how does that change things for Johnson and and his people and with the Cardinals? Or perhaps do you think maybe they knew this was coming down the pike with agents talking to each other? Uh, I think when you look at what has been tweeted out by Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, even David Johnson to an extent, um, it seems like there was conversations. It seems like they had an understanding of what their objective was. And the objective was simple, to reset the running back market. Uh, the, the objective was to change the financial aspects of what running backs, where running backs were in the market. And, you know, something you and I talked about before the show started when you look at Todd Gurley's um, guarantees, and, and they're not actual guarantees, they're what they call practical guarantees, which means, you know, it's like roster bonuses and 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 workout bonus and just you know, kind of stuff that they they're can the also, non-salaries, right? The, all, all the stuff that they can stuff in into a contract. Um, when you look at those. The forty-five million number, all of a sudden, it creates 
the running back equal to the top wide receivers in the NFL, the top cornerbacks in the NFL, and many of the top pass rushers in the NFL. For instance, Chandler Jones' deal with the Arizona Cardinals was for $51 million in practical guarantees. That was over five years, I believe it was. Um, and so, you know, when you look at those numbers, they're, they're virtually, uh, you know, th- the same as what Gurley got over four years. And so the numbers all of a sudden – they, they reset the market and understanding of what you have to pay running backs. And, and it, and it goes to more of what Jess and I have talked about with the David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell situation. We hadn't really discussed Gurley because he still has two years, right? Like <laughs> this came out of nowhere. This, you know, we knew that was going to happen. We, we figured that next it would be next year. year. We, yes. oh, we always thought it was either going to be Bell or Johnson that reset this market. And and we heard that Bell turned down five years, 70 million. Um, that, that That's the report that came out five years, 70 million he turned down. And so, and, and with that coming out, you had to think that's kind of the target that Johnson's cap. Now that this is this, before we say it, this is changing the running back market. This is changing the running back market for the top backs out well, there. But, but even more than that, I think it's changing the running back market for truly three down running backs. Yes. Not not top ball carrier running backs, but guys that are going to be 400 plus touch players. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, outstanding runner and receiver. Todd Gurley, outstanding runner and receiver. David Johns, outstanding runner, receiver. And, you know, we, we're going to see that. that. That's the type of running back. This that's, that's, this is the new NFL. If you can't be just a bruising running back, they'll run you to the ground and go on to the next guy. The right. guys that are elite are the pass catchers as well. Saquon Barkley is going to be the same way. Right, exactly. And so, you know, when you look at the numbers now, it, it's just, it's completely different. Like, like I said, it's it's changed what the value of the position is. And it now puts the pressure on the Cardinals because now the Cardinals are in a weird conundrum that they have to figure out. And it's something that we'll discuss further along, but the Cardinals have to figure out now, okay, are we going to pay David Johnson or are we going to risk creating a very uncomfortable relationship with David Johnson over the next three seasons? And, and it's a real conversation that's going to be had because when you look at the practical guarantee of $45 million, the Cardinals can basically keep David Johnson's rights for the next three seasons, basically one year at a time, and it's going to end up costing them less than thirty-five. With all these new French, with all these new numbers that are coming in, it's still it's still not going to get to forty-five. And what that's going to do is that's going to save them any guaranteed money because you know, heaven forbid, they sign David Johnson to a four-year, you know, I'm just going to spitball numbers, four-year, you know, fifty million dollar contract with thirty-five million guaranteed, and something happens in year one and a half so after 2018 but during 2019 and he's never able to play again well they're still on the hook for you know basically thir- you know 20 million in guaranteed money 
Whereas if they just if they let him play out his 1.8 million this year on the last year of his rookie deal, and then they go and franchise him, you know, probably going to be right around 13, 14 million with these new running back numbers, um, and they franchise him, and then he makes it through that year, and then they franchise him at you know at at 15, 16 million. And guess what? Well, they're done and he's 30 years old and they don't really have to make a long-term decision or commitment. And so that's going to be a conversation and a question that they're going to have to answer probably fairly quickly too, I would assume. Yeah, that's true. And I'll, I'll, just in case you're wondering, all reports are the Cardinal side, they want him to stay a Cardinal. They want to have him here long-term. David Johnson said the same thing. He wants to stay here. He said the team wants him there for a long time. So how I see this going, a long-term deal gets done. And in fact, it would set an uncomfortable precedent because anytime they've had a core player, and there is no doubt that David Johnson is a core player, entering who's still in the prime of his career they have never let one of those players with the you know i'm going to go with the one exception that was when they traded for chandler jones they didn't lock him up immediately that was different because he hadn't been with the team they didn't know what he could do so they didn't know truly if he was a a core player or not they've always taken those players and extended them they've not let them get to free agency Calais Campbell they did but remember 30 years old 30 year olds 30 years old that's and kind they, of the and they had already number. paid him once so yes, and they, they be, had already given a big contract it would be the equivalent of them signing David Johnson to you know that four-year 50 million contract and then they and then he plays it all the way out and he has a Pro Bowl season at 31, but then they decide not to sign him to another extension at 31. And I mean, that no, no one would feel bad. No, everyone would be great. Great, go get your money somewhere else. We we want you, but we can't pay you that much at that age. Right, exactly. But it's the fact that he's only going to be 27 on this contract that makes it it makes it a difficult sell. I mean, let's be honest. It, it makes it a difficult sell to the fan base to say we're not sure we want to do this. Right. And and so I think it happens, but we're, I think the numbers we're going to probably have to see, I don't think we're going to get quite as close. Obviously, Todd Gurley had his higher starting point and is younger, so they can they could put more money there. Now, I think $20 million up front, that's your standard. You're going to give them $20 million in a signing bonus, and then probably four years... Uh, what you said, four years, 50, that's probably going to be the sweet spot where it's still up there in, in per year average. And, but it's, it's kind of saying, Oh, I'm older. I'm, I'm different than Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley has become a very, I mean, if you check out the Rams wire site, you see something, Todd Gurley is talking about everything. He's kind of become almost is becoming the face of the NFL and labor. 
is kind of what he talks. He's talking about preparing for a player strike or a lockout, talking about how players are angry about that NBA money that's going around. So I think four years, 50, the, the number you said is right around the sweet spot. And you're going to have to go 20 million up front and then throw probably another 15 million in guarantees along the way to make it. You might have to go, yeah, probably 35 million in practical guarantees, which is. You know, and you end up having to that that four year deal. It's structured probably like the Tyron Matthew contract, where you reevaluate it after twenty twenty, and you see what the deal is. Well, and after twenty twenty, he'll be twenty nine years old. Right, it'll be a very comfortable situation for the Cardinals to make a reevaluation of it. I mean, at that point, they'll be able to say, "Look, you know, you're you've." kind of tailed off or or look you know we want to we want to extend you another two years on top of this to 32 and and you know we'll we'll give you some more guaranteed money and and you know obviously from the cardinals perspective kick the can down the line a little bit too to give them some salary cap room so it's you know it's it's the conversation that'll be had and that's where you want to be if you're if you're the cardinals you want to give yourself as much you know time uh, to make these moves like they did with tyron matthew and 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 see what they can do and and to those of you who are who who think the Cardinals might be afraid of a contract with Johnson because of what happened with Tyron Matthew, I do want to remind you that the two players, while they you know they did have the whole missing type as the major injury, David Johnson's injury was much different. It was a wrist injury, and what we have to remember is that Tyron Matthew entered the league with durability questions not because of what happened in college but because of his size and frame and his style of play he was always he was never as i say he was never built for the nfl so there was always that risk david johnson on the other hand david johnson on the other hand well at that and they paid matthew after having him blow out a knee once that's different than david johnson he had a broken wrist and if you want to wonder about his durability, and I think what probably is a more fair thing to do is to look at that. You know, yes, there is this the last two games in the regular season he's gotten hurt in now. But if you look at that knee injury, when he got hurt with the knee, that tells you the type of body, the lower body in particular that Johnson has, because everyone there was ever I don't know if there was anyone who saw that saw his knee buckle like that, that everyone thought, oh, crap, his career's over. He's not going to be the same player ever again. And it was just a sprained medical MCL. It was pretty minor. I think that is more telling of the type of player that he is. He has the frame for the NFL. He's a big back. He can do a lot of things. And he hasn't had a major knee injury. And so to try and equate him to Tyron Matthew is a little unfair. Yes, it's the same type of scenario, but there are two different type of builds. And yes, running backs get beat up a lot, but this is a this is a young man whose whose lower body seems now. And I can even go back last year, Tyvon Branch. We, when we've seen players with their knees do that, Tyvon Branch had his not basically his knee exploded. Tyron Matthew, his knee basically exploded. When that happened to David Johnson, eh, knee sprain. And so, you know, when do you think it happens? Do you, so do you see them? Do, do you believe that they're going to go with the franchise or do you think they get the deal done here? And and for me, like I said, 
this is a no brainer. He's going, he's, he's your, you know, Josh Rosen isn't that he's critical. He's the key, but David Johnson is the face of the franchise and your most important offensive player. And it's not like they don't have cap space the next couple of years. Right. And that's, that's why I think something gets done. It's just, it's amazing that it's gotten to this point where we're, where it, it's even fathomable that it's, it might be the route that they take, right? Like that's where we're at right now. That's, it's really odd after it seemed like a foregone conclusion that they would be extending. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. DJ, because like you said, not only is he the focal point of the offense, and, and what is is a very uh, important transition period, but moreover, they've got so much money next year and and 2020. I mean, they have so much money. So why why is there even a question of this at this point? It doesn't make any sense at all. And with that, we'll wrap up the David Johnson part of our training camp preview because it's we haven't even talked about training camp yet, except for the fact that David Johnson showed up. So coming up next on, on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web, we will come back and we will talk all about training camp as that opens on Friday. We're coming up next uh, with that on Rise Up Sea Red. As a reminder, I want to remind you re- listeners of our friends over at harrys.com. Uh, it's been it's coming up on a year, I think, where I made the switch, where I made the switch from the electric razor to the Harry's blades. And there's been a couple of situations where I, I you know, I didn't want to bring my blade with me on a, on a trip. So I use the electric razor and I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't think I'm ever going back. And, and the Harry's blade gives me an absolute fantastic shave. And the best part is that to do it at a super reasonable price. So Harry stands behind the quality of their blades. And, I, and I'll tell you, it gives you a great shave. Switching razors isn't always easy. So there's a trial offer that you can claim by going to harrys.com slash C-Red. Um, the deal of the offer is this. You get the $13 value trial set. doesn't cost you a thing. It comes what you need. For a close comfortable shave, you get the handle. You get a five-blade razor to test it out. You get the shave gel. Oh, it smells great. It's fantastic. And a travel braid cover. You get all that test it out the quality is guaranteed it's it's half the price of of other blades so if you if you like it two bucks a blade and this isn't your crappy disposable blades these are high quality very good blades that give you a great shave so listen of, our, of this show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash c red make sure you go there redeem the offer and let them know that we sent you to support the show Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. 
MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. We're back on the Rise Up Seaward podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. And it's time for training camp. So we've got position battles. We've got players. We've got breakout players. We've got roster battles and position battles and bubble players and undrafted rookies and draft picks and possible disappointments and, and stuff like that. So we're here to break that all down. And we're going to start with just talking on the whole. Seth and I are going to give you our three players, three players who we are watching in particular. Seth, who's one of your one of the first players that you are that your eyes on in camp this year? The first guy I'm going to be watching, and Justin and I didn't go over this, so hopefully there's not uh, any repeats, but we didn't want to we didn't want to spoil it. But the first guy I'm watching is is DJ Humphreys. It is a critical year for the the 2015 first round pick. Uh, they have Ray Brown, who is one of the better offensive line coaches in the NFL. They have a, a, an alleged change towards uh, his strength coming as their offensive focus, as they'll be running the ball a little bit more, and they, quite frankly, need him more than anybody to step up and solidify that left tackle position because, you know, they're really old across the offensive line overall. Um, obviously, DJ's under 25, but when you look at it, Mike Potty and A.Q. Shipley and newly signed Andre Smith are all on the wrong side of 30. So these are all three guys that... It's it's really year to year whether or not they're they're able to hold up. So getting an anchor on the offensive line like DJ Humphreys is going to be key. Um, you know, just keeping him on the field. Let's be honest, him just being out there for 16 games uh, is going to be one of the biggest keys for the season. But it's going to be something to watch as we head into head into the training camp. For me, my number one player that I'm watching is. Well, it's kind of critical. He is, to me, he is the difference maker between the type of defense, whether it's a good defense or a great defense. And for me, that's Robert Kimdichie. Robert Kimdichie has to perform this year. Everything everything that we've heard thus far in the offseason tells us that he's on the right track. He and, and there's really no excuse. So he's healthy. He's focused. He's playing what is a more natural position to for him in a defense that requires him to think less and react more and play fast and penetrate. And if recall, remember, 
he was buried behind Olson Pierre. That's that's an interesting story that that we that Olson Pierre, who was kind of taken a step back a little bit, and, and he became a very disruptive player. But Robert Kimdichie is the guy that I'm watching. He's got to stay healthy, and this is the year if he's going to do it. Who could be a breakout player? Who can do any? Who who can be that disruptive force? Because they got the stuff on the edge. You've got Chandler Jones. If you get Kimdichie disrupting in the middle, that's going to make those linebackers' job so easy. And and yeah, I mean, it's bad that three of our first four are going to be former first round picks, but that's the reality of where we're at with the Cardinals right now. And and so my number two guy is the guy that's going to be kind of lining up behind Kim DJ. And that's Dale Buchanan. If ever, if ever there was a defense, a season, a time for Buchanan to break out, it's now right. Like going to play the Thomas Davis role in, in the, you know, in, in what the Cardinals are going to do, implementing a Carolina Panthers-style defense, um, kind of a role that is built for a hybrid linebacker, safety player, slightly undersized, you know, a guy that, that uses his speed more than anything else on the defense. And it is a massively important season for for. Dayon Buchanan to kind of show that they have at least one linebacker uh, that they can lock onto moving forward. For me, player number two, and this is kind of the, this is, uh, for me, it might be able to say, I got my eyes on Bryce Butler because as we're going to, he's going to show up on one of my other lists um, later on. The Cardinals need something to happen at that number two right receiver spot. Bryce Butler, who has been the perennially underperforming player again the stat is hasn't had a 400 yard season since high school he's not a rookie in this league i believe what this is year he's got five years in the league already plus his years at at, in college you know i've got my eyes on him because it sounds like they are well rather some there's that's going to be one of the positions that we're going to be watching it's wide receiver two and three and four but with what he has been saying and what the coaches have been saying, he has a chance to kind of break out. So my eyes are on Bryce Butler. Is he going to just be all talk again? Or is he going to take it? Has it really been that it just, he hasn't had the opportunity? My final guy I'm really going to be paying attention to in, in training camp. And, and the easy ones, you know, are always, are, you know, the quarterbacks, rookies, you know, guys that are coming into the season. But a guy I really am going to focus on because he's had a really interesting career is Jamar Taylor. The Cardinals desperately need people to establish, establish themselves in this secondary. Um, you know, obviously they have Patrick Peterson, but they, they're, they're going to find out a lot about Buda Baker. They're going to find out you know, what Antoine Bethay, another 30-plus-year-old, Bethay is 34. Uh, you know, 
they're going to find out what they have in Brandon Williams finally. But Jamar Taylor, he's done it before. He's been successful in a zone-based scheme before, and that's what the Cardinals are going to hedge more towards. And does that create for him another successful season and, and kind of extend his time in Arizona because he's on one of those deals that Jess talked about earlier that guess what? The Cardinals are going to come to the table with him at the end of this season and say, all right, this that, that year was fun. Good luck in free agency. Or they're going to say, Hey, we got a guy that played well for us. That's under a pretty can cost contained contract the next two years. Uh, let, let's, keep him on because he's young and he played well at cornerback a position that we've struggled to fill obviously opposite Patrick Peterson for more than a year at a time so it's going to be really interesting to see where they play Taylor is he going to play in the slot is he going to line up on the boundary how how are they going to utilize the the asset that is Jamar Taylor and does he step up to the plate for me, my last my last player that I've got my eye on, I think everyone has their eye on him, and that would be Josh Rosen. Um, I, I, it, it's to me, it's I'm unsure how much of a quarterback competition there's actually going to be. Like I've said, I'm, I've been on the record many times. I think this competition quote we have with air quotes competition is competition, but I see it being more like the Drew Stanton Blaine Gabbert. It's going to take something extraordinary from Rosen, not only on the field, but in the locker room to change the perception that's already there, that Sam Bradford is the starter. But I still want to see him play, just like we all wanted to see Blaine Gabbard play. And we all said, okay, and we, we said on this show, hey, he should, be, he should look like the best player on the field because he'll be playing against third stringers. And he did for the most part. So Josh Rosen will, I don't know, I, I would imagine that they're going to give him reps in the preseason against twos rather than ones. Because if you have a starter, this is the perfect way to let your rookie look good, is to play him against the twos. But I've got my eyes on him because what do we want to see? We want to see some promise and some hope. And that is critical going forward. Show some hope. It is like, you know, and Rosen is the obvious one. He's the one that every, like you said, everybody's going to have his eyes on him, but there's not a single more important player on the roster right now than Josh Rosen. And, And that's not hyperbole by me. That's not hyperbole, hyperbole from Jess. That is a true statement because the Cardinals desperately need not just because he's a first-round pick, but they need this to be a hit. They need this to be a home run because what it does is it sets them up for 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022 with a cost-controlled quarterback where they can invest in other areas without really having to stress out or think about it. And so being able to do that would be a huge um, – huge benefit and and something I'm really interested to see if they're able to do. And moving on to the next part. And again, talking about Rosen and Bradford, if they're for anything else, as 
as much as I'm expecting Bradford to be solid, if he can stay healthy, healthy, he'll be solid. The problem is, if you get Bradford through one healthy year, you know something's coming. And so to have a, a hope in Rosen to know that he's ready for 2019, if you can somehow get Bradford through 2018 and have a good season, there's no way you roll that dice again. You you can't do it. You can't no. do it here because that knee's gonna. That it's not gonna blow up. It's just gonna stop liking it, football. Right. It, it, like it. You. I don't know if you if you read the the ESPN article, um, but they they were doing the tier rankings of quarterbacks. And spoiler alert: Josh Rosen made it into tier three, but he was the very last quarterback in tier three and he just scraped by but it was interesting what the comments were and one of the comments was if it's seven on seven he's a tier one quarterback every day so yeah if 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 sam bradford doesn't have to worry about getting hit if he doesn't have to worry about moving around if he can just stand back and throw the ball around there's not there's not you know maybe maybe there's 10 quarterbacks in the same class as him but that's not unfortunately the way the nfl works so like jess has said even if you get 16 games out of bradford you'd you still want to go into 2019 with the idea of josh rosen being the guy because you you're playing with fire as is with with bradford but if you get one good year out of him you just call it a win at that point. <laughs> like, okay, we did it. We had, we bridged that gap and we're right, ready. To exactly. move on. <laughs> All right. So next up, next up on our, our training camp, we're saying our breakout players, who is going to step up and have the year that breaks out. Now the players that are being named as, as possibilities, you know, Bryce Butler's one of them. Ricky seals. Jones is another Robert Kandichi uh, who for me, my number one breakout player, I, I think it's going to be, I've already mentioned as the player I'm watching, it's Robert Kimdichi because he is undoubtedly the most talented defensive lineman that we have had in the last decade. You know, if, if you look at, you look at Clayus Campbell, you look at Darnell Dockett, Robert Kimdichi is more physically gifted than either one of those players. And... I think this is the year that he figures it out. I think he has figured it out. He's got a coach that can tolerate the the eccentricities that there are to Robert Kimdichi. And I think that might have been part of the problem. While Bruce Arians loved him, I don't think he loved the guy as much. He he was less tolerant of of off the field Kimdichi. Um so I think he is going to be an impact player this year. You you know, and I think he can be. I really do. I think I think it's an important year for him, obviously. But I think you're right. I think he can be an impact player that really sets out and changes the the dynamic of the defense. For me, the uh, the first guy that I think is going to have a breakout season, and it, it maybe it's a cop-out, but I think Hassan Reddick's really going to thrive in this defense. I think Hassan Reddick's going to break out as a, a player focusing as the Sam linebacker, the strong side linebacker in this defense. He's going to have an opportunity to really 
focus on a singular position and and learn how to play it correctly. Something he wasn't afforded the opportunity with last year, um, at just just because of unfortunate circumstances and, and injuries. So uh, that's that's who I think is is prime for a breakout this year. And I would agree with that. In fact, I, I like that pick, especially since it, if we look at the beginning of last year, his first couple of games playing in space, not playing on the edge, but playing in space, he made plays. He was around the ball. He was he was doing good things. What ruined him <laughs> was having to go from hand in the dirt on the edge to playing in space and then going to outside linebacker he just wasn't ready for that. And even though the pass rushing skills are there, I think there this defense and this linebacker's coach and this defensive scheme is going to, in the fact that he's played linebacker now for, for a year, he's going to know more. He's going to be more than just an athlete. He will be a he will be a better trained. He'll he'll be an athlete who knows a little bit about linebacker. If we not not quite with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like Brandon Williams did look lost at cornerback. I think Hassan Reddick will look like he, he'll kind of look like he's supposed to this year. For me... The next breakout, and, and for some people already broke out, but what we're talking about is a player on defense. I think Buda Baker's that guy um, because we saw the numbers, that just the sheer impact he can have. You know, Tyvon Branch was having what Bruce Arians believed was a Pro Bowl type year. They, he, did, he didn't think he'd make the Pro Bowl, but he believed that, he, that what he was doing was Pro Bowl production. And the second he left the lineup and Buda Baker went in, guess what? He put up numbers that Tyvon Branch never did. And so he's I think he's gonna have that sort of impact here. I don't think obviously he's not the ball hawk that Tyron Matthew was, but I think his ability to to be well, the, the fact that he's a thicker, more durable, stronger, and faster version of Tyron Matthew, he's not gonna be, I don't think he's gonna have the highlight real interceptions since his hands are kind of his bane. But I, I think Buddha Baker breaks out and becomes not only the all pro that he was as a special team, or I think he becomes, becomes a legitimate force in the defensive backfield. Yeah. And I think you're right. He's going to, you know, he's going to go from star to superstar. And I still think that's a breakout. I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think that's wrong in any way. Um, You know, the guy that I expect to blossom this year and kind of, kind of break out is um, 
is going to be a guy that got paid and he's he's been a solid NFL starter but he doesn't have any pro bowls he doesn't I mean there's there's nothing behind the the money he got paid but I think Justin Pugh puts together a really good year I think he's a guy that I I understand that the contract doesn't make sense with what I'm saying but when you look at what Pugh has done on the field it hasn't been consistent and it hasn't been dominant um, and and so what I think is going to happen is he's going to put it together this year. He's going to stay healthy. He's going to be able to really show himself as a dominant guard. And I think you're going to see a guy that that makes the the jump from you know maybe this guy's good to uh, this is a Pro Bowl caliber player. And, and, and again, the- I think I think having Ray Brown's going to be a big big reason for that. And for me, that that's a that's actually a really good pick and i think the contract in part puts him out there as the name recognition okay if you look at you know, jared Valdir hadn't made a pro bowl mike Upati already had been a pro bowl player and he was a pro bowl pro bowler when he first came over but i think a player who's been very good who's been pretty solid and he can take the next well now he's going to play in one position which is even better he's going to play one position and now people say, oh, he got paid good money because the eyes are going to be on him. I think that's a very, very good pick. And it's, I'm, I'm actually glad that one of us picked something up on offense as a breakout player because. <laughs> it because... is kind of a dry position group right now because <laughs> it, it's either known or. All right, let's see what these guys can do. <laughs> well, and, and if you look at it, so potential breakout players, there's just if you look at Ricky Seals Jones. Mm, I'm not ready to make them, you know, he had three good games with Blaine Gabbard throwing to him and he was wide open. Uh, Bryce Butler, um, while I'm going to watch him, I'm not ready to call him a breakout player based on, you know, the last 10 years. (laughs) So that with that, yeah. So the, any, any other player that you, that you could see breaking out this year, I think for me that that, that's where I'm going to stop is on those two. Um, There could be others. It wouldn't be a huge breakout as much as it would be. It would be great to see a rookie insert himself into this offensive line. But, uh, you know, watch Mason Cole. If he gets a chance, I don't think he's going to relinquish a starting position. Um, maybe that. Maybe that's not a breakout player. Um, and, you know, he's not even really one to watch in camp. But, like, he's the type of kid that, he gets a, I mean, he literally started every game in college at, at Michigan. It's not like we're talking about, you know, UTEP. Like, no offense to UTEP or anything, but I mean, he started every single game at Michigan. Like, this, this kid can play. And what was it? Three out of four years, he was playing really out of position. Right, exactly. He played left tackle. He he's not a left tackle. Um, it's gonna be uh, like I, I really like this kid. I I think next year's his breakout year, but I I just like. Like you said, offensively, it's such a, it's such a, just a underwhelming and kind of unknown group right now. It's, it's really hard to pick. And so with that, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll come back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. And we're going to talk some more training camp position battles, rookies and undrafted rookies who think we'll have a chance. So that's coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Hey, sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. 
MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Cajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See reno.ie. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. And so, again, talking more about training camp. Next up on our list of things to discuss are what are the position battles? And you, we, we've probably talked, in, you know, if you listen to the radio, if you read our sites, these are things we're already talking that we're already writing about and people are discussing. But it's I, I think it's a good time. It's still worth talking about because there are some particular position battles and they're not even not all of them are on the starting lineup. And for me, I think. The number one intriguing position battle might not really be a position battle as we talked about. That's a quarterback. That's a quarterback. And there's an understated one as well. And that it, that all circles around Josh Rosen. Well, one, if Sam Bradford's healthy, I don't think there's any way that Rosen can supplant him. And people look at Russell Wilson over Matt Flynn, things like that. That's a completely different scenario. Matt Flynn really had no cachet in the league other than a fantastic pair of games at the end of the season. You know, he had fame for being a backup. Jimmy Garoppolo, it, that that would be kind of the case if they they had signed Jimmy Garoppolo and then drafted a Russell Wilson. That would be something. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo's got a little more cachet because, you know, obviously he, he's never lost. But Sam Bradford comes in. Like Carson Palmer, everyone in the locker room respects him. They love him. They think he is a great quarterback. So, but... How much could Josh Rosen really compete? And, and that it's more more about not not so much that this is a position battle of who might start, but could Rosen at least put himself in the conversation? And then on the secondary one, what happens with Mike Glennon? Would he be? Would Glennon become the number? Would is there? Will Rosen show enough that he'll be the number two, or will Glennon be that reliable? backup that they turn to in an emergency and i think that's a really fair question uh, as far as the quarterback battles it's not as simple like you said as as one verse two but there are legitimate questions about who the the lead backup is and i don't again this i'm without sounding you know too too hyperbolic or, or dramatic or anything like that I'm going to be super disappointed if if Josh Rosen isn't the lead backup. Aren't aren't you? You know, 
I, I, I look at it and I'm wondering, mm, does, like, who's going to be the? You know, that's the thing. I, I'm kind of torn behind. So I see them two kind of being backup, backup A, A and backup B. Like, if if there's a game scenario, so this is where I'd see. Okay, I might have. I probably am going to have Mike Glennon as my backup at least early on in the season. And then he comes in the game at least, say, less the first quarter of the season if they need to get through a game. Um, so not to throw Rosen, who will have fewer reps and all that side of sort of thing. But if Bradford gets hurt in game one, game two, game three, Glennon finishes that. Maybe Rosen's the guy that gets the start the next week, giving with the, you know, kind of the, the one would be Glennon would be more for coming into the game to finish the game as he's probably more adept at managing a game and getting through a game with limited reps. While Rosen, you'd be the one, he'd be the one you'd want to start. At least that, that's in my mind, that's kind of how it would work, at least early in the season. So, it, it- the the position battle that I'm really and I talked about it earlier, but I'm really intrigued in is obviously Jamar Taylor, Bene, Ben Wickier, and I ben guess Wickery. Ben Wickery. Ben Wickery. And, and Brandon Williams, right? Like I guess. The the ones actually let me see who um the David Merritt, their defensive backs coach, they didn't even mention Ben Wickery because I think They're going to play him at safety, right? He might actually be their third safety. He might be locked in there right now since they didn't sign Trey Boss unless something else happens. So he mentioned four names. He said, he said, Jamar Taylor. He said, Brennan Williams. He said, Lou Young. And he said, Jonathan Moxie. Those are the four guys that that David Merritt said on on the Cardinals Underground podcast this last week. Jonathan Moxie is a fake name. You can't fool me, <laughs> just rude. But yeah, I mean, but honestly, it's it's Taylor and Williams, right? Like that's the battle that we're we're going to be watching because they traded for Jamar Taylor. He's he's had an established season of success in the NFL, and let's be honest, we've all we're all just assuming Brandon Williams is a bust. I mean, that's that's re- the reality of the situation is that the Cardinals swung and missed on a third-round pick. And and so as much as you want Taylor because you've got him cost-controlled for two more years and, you know, things can really work out, you also really want Brandon Williams to win this position, kind of become the guy opposite Patrick Peterson and, and be the guy moving forward as a young corner in the NFL, one of the most important positions in the NFL. Um, so it, it's it's just going to be one to watch because no matter who wins that that position, I think if it's an actual battle of good and not ugh, who sucks less. Um, I think it's going to be a good thing for the Cardinals uh, in general. For me, there's only one other sort of front line position battle. I mean, that's not true. That's not true. There's two. Um, I'm, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball, and, and it's dealing with that third safety spot. I wondered how they were going to handle the nickel situation, since it seems they have a few players that seem to excel in the nickel. But when it was announced, when it was said that Buda Baker would be the Tyron Matthew 
and play the nickel role, that then opens up a safety spot. Antoine Bethane's out there. Buda Baker's out there. Who's the other guy? And right now, they have no experience there. You've got Benet Benwickery, who's a cornerback traditionally, who has some who has limited starting experience in the Carolina system at cornerback. They are moving him at they're playing him at safety. And I think that might be he might be the leader of that group. Then you've got Rudy Ford, their late round pick last year. A, a, a safety they thought was a corner, but now he's not a corner. He's a safety again. And then a bunch of undrafted guys. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. If there's going to be, I don't know if we're going to call it a time time sign. It might be a McDonough, a Terry time, a Terry time sign. Yeah, Terry time. That's what Walter, uh, <laughs> that's uh, it. Revenge of the Birds wrote. It's, it's Terry time. So, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you're right. It's one of those situations where, you're waiting for that other shoe to drop, right? Like, like this is who we're, this is what we're going. I mean, if all the good, all the good of this defense looks like it has, then you're gonna you're gonna take a part time cornerback and turn him into your main safety. Because guess what? Here, here's the interesting: Antoine Bethay was not an every down player. He was listed as a starter. He was not. He was not an every down player, and wasn't. and that was and that was one of the things that I had lamented more than anything about about the the tired Matthew thing is is that now you're you're basically replacing two people because you're having to replace Tyron Matthew and okay so you're replacing him with Buda Baker but now you're replacing Buda Baker with who and then and like you said now you're and then when Bethay comes off the field, who are you placing Bethay with? Or are you going to keep Bethay on the field more? So it was one of those situations where you're like, oh man, this is, I, I, I trust. Why Trey Boston the, was perfect. Trey right, Boston it, was perfect. And then he had to go and, and spout his mouth off and oh. make, make this situation uncomfortable for everybody. So obviously the, the other position battle that this is the frontline one. That's, that's at the receiver spots behind Larry Fitzgerald, and that's just a mess. I don't know what that's going to be like because you've got Larry Fitzgerald is clearly number one, but who's your number two, number three, number four? Who's going to be number two? You've got Chad Williams, who had his three catches last year, gave no one any sort of confidence that he's going to amount to anything. you got Bryce Butler, career disappointment thus far. You've got Christian and Kirk, and that's putting it lightly. <laughs> you got you got Christian Kirk, the second round pick, but rookie receivers. It's you know how how is that going to play out? And then you get JJ Nelson, and JJ Nelson represents everything that's been wrong with the receiver position for the Cardinals for the last two years. And and JJ Nelson is a nice player, but he's a, he's already accomplished more than we ever thought, but. He does represent every problem the Cardinals have had because, you know, he had 10 receptions in the first two weeks last year, finished with 29. And and so it comes down to a couple other positional battles for me. And, and one of them is maybe, I, maybe I'm making it up. Maybe I am. But I'm really interested what happens with the, the kicking position. Because it's understated, but it's there. Because it feels like Phil Dawson is just kind of 
written in there. But if Matthew McCrane can push that position, if he can, if he can win that job, that's a big chunk of money off. But it's also big in the sense that it gives you stability moving forward. We talked about it when they re-signed Andy Lee to that extension. You could potentially have your special teams unit locked down for the next three seasons. Well, because, yeah, because they signed Aaron Brewer to, to a four-year deal. Yeah, and then, <laughs> Four-year and then, deal. Right, and then, they, and then have Lee. So it's, you know, it's just one of those... Like I said, it's understated because it's kickers. I mean, who cares, right? Like, we'll find a kicker. It, 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 well, it's like the a punter battle, but but we remember what it's like when your punter is True Butler and everyone else that they tried to bring in, you know. But then they do well elsewhere. So, yes. So it's great, especially because Dawson was bad and it was really interesting. Dawson was both bad and good last year. He didn't miss any kicks that really mattered, but he missed a lot of kicks and he did play well down the stretch. So he was both bad. It was, it was an odds year because he was both bad and good. And yeah, then everything else for me, there's very understated depth battles that, that is interesting. How's the running back position going to play out? What's going to happen on the offensive line depth? Because, You've got some recent draft picks in Evan Bame and Will Holden, who are previous regime guys, but they've, they, you know, they drafted a Corey Cunningham. They drafted Mason Cole. Are you going to keep Mason Cole and Evan Bame as depth? John Wetzel seems like he's probably, based on what he's done, probably deserves to be a lock. But what's going to happen at the depth of the offensive line? What's going to happen? Well, well, when you bring that up too, it's a really good state or question because we're again talking about a new regime. So this isn't this isn't Arians and and Harold Goodwin and, and Larry Zerline. This is Ray Brown now. So who who is his John Wetzel? You know who is his AQ Shipley? The guys that we kind of lament being on the roster every year, but who are the guys that he picks to kind of that, that are his guys. And, and, you know, that's all, those are all questions. I think people have uh, quite a bit and, and that, you know, every coach kind of has their, their guys in that way. Well, and there's other, there's, it's kind of the case of what the heck are they going to do with the position? What's going to happen at tight end? What's going to happen behind well, what's going to happen at linebacker behind the starters? You, you look at the linebackers. Okay, Jeremy Cash is probably locked. Scooby right, maybe. But And then kind of the, the, the secondary depth positions, you're like, there's a whole bunch of depth play, play where you're like, I have no idea how that's going to play out. And tight end is the biggest question mark for me because they have an injured Jermaine Gresham as their only established player. You've got Ricky Seals-Jones, who's got high hope. You've got They're, they're, they're hyping him up as a big-time, potential big-time player but he's only got 12 catches. And then you got to go, you have a bunch of guys that you probably have never heard of because they've never done anything. Right. And, and when it comes to, you know, depth at, at linebacker and, and defensive back, something you and I've talked about quite a bit on other episodes, but what do they bring to special teams? And, you know, how, how much can they help 
on special teams consistently, that's going to be a big question mark because what is what is one of the things that you and I have lamented the last oh five seasons, and that's the play on special teams. So you know that's how, how who. Who are the special teams guys, and and you know they're going to end up being kind of the depth guys, the end of the roster guys too, right? Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors, we do ands. The Renault Kajar with one point nine one percent APR and one thousand euro cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Yeah, and that, that's actually it. Now, as we look at as we look at the roster, how things are up of the undrafted rookies. Do are, do you kind of have your eye on any of these undrafted kids as to who could be the? There, there's gonna be. Every, it seems every year there's at least one receiver that we fall in love with. But who are the players that we're? Who are the players that are likely going to make an impact? So when you look at this roster, it's set up in a way that I think you're going to end up with, you know, probably two or three, and they're all going to they're all going to be in the defensive backs. And the first one that's really kind of caught my eye, so to speak, is Dietrich Nichols, a guy uh, that. I liked coming out of South Florida. Uh, I had, had seen him a little bit, seen some of his work. Um, and when you watch him, he is, he you know, he's kind of that guy that reminds me of the Steve Wilkes kind of prototype uh, defensive back, a guy that can play in man in situations, but is more comfortable in zone playing with the ball in front of him and, and attacking. And so when I, when I'm going to be really interested to watch Nichols in his kind of battle moving forward. For me, the a player that I've kind of got my eyes on and, and, and I don't think it'll be so much for rotation, but Zeke Turner out of Washington and He's, you know, he's kind of the like the Dale Buchanan type build and type role. Only here's the thing. He made a name for himself on special on special teams at Washington. He's a he's a I'm sure he's close with Buda Baker, fellow safety. He's a guy that I think is going to make some noise on special teams um, and probably could. Uh, I, I He's kind of like my favorite undrafted guy to crack the roster in, in that sense. Well, and you talked about the safety position. You talked about the depth behind there and, and you know, not signing Trey Boston and, and things like that. Well, Turner's kind of listed right now as the main backup, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm with you on that. Like, he's a guy that I love. I love the highlights because the, the film's not great. That's why he hasn't been – that's why he wasn't drafted. You know, that's why he was an undrafted free agent. But the highlights, the plays that stand out on him, you're like, ooh, man, if this guy could just be a little more consistent. And so, but that's the difference in going undrafted and and, and not. So um, the last one for me is a guy that 
I liked the signing immediately when the information came out. Um, I, I've watched him because I watched his teammate quite a bit last year, uh, and that's Corey Willis. And so Willis always kind of showed up on the film. And um, when you when you watch him and you watch the way he plays, again, he's a guy that's a bit undersized. He's a bit smaller, uh, but he was always quicker than fast, right? Like he, he was always a guy that played at a high level. Um, and, and those Central Michigan guys were a lot of fun uh, to watch last year. And, and I think that he's going to be the wide receiver that everybody kind of falls in love with. I think he's going to end up on the practice squad. I really do, uh, because I don't think there's a spot for him this year on this roster with, with the drafting of Christian Kirk. Well, and you do, you do really all, unless they're, unless Chad Williams is, and you really already have four wide receiver spots, pretty set with Fitz, Kirk, Butler, and Williams, and even J.J. Nelson. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about him. If he, he he's got the experience and he's got some talent there, but but so, he also offers a dynamic that yeah. really doesn't right now. And that's why I think I think Willis is like your prime practice squad candidate. I really do. At other positions, I don't know who it's going to be, and I don't know anything about these these undrafted tight ends, but. They have a potential to be there. Um, I don't know much about him, but a name that I know that people were excited about a little bit is, is Alec James out of Wisconsin. I think especially since their defensive end depth is kind of suspect. Um, I mean, you've got Marcus Golden, you've got Benson Mayoa, but you're going to need someone else back there. So, oh, I forgot that that kid, that kid out of Germany. That's he's going to yeah. be fun to watch. That kid that's out of Germany is going to be fun to watch. I was going to let you pronounce his name. I didn't want to take all the. I don't even remember how to pronounce this. But... Um, Umbarak Dajiri. Oh yes, 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 yes. Umbarak Jiri. That's right. Umbarak Jiri. So, but yeah, I th- him or or Alec James. I think there's a good chance that one of those two can can find their way on the very back end of the roster. Right, and it's a little different this year. Remember, like the the Cardinals. They signed Vincent Mawaya, but they have nobody really past Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden. And so, you know, now you, you typically like to have four on the roster. And so, and with the with Golden already starting on the pup list, which isn't, you know, isn't exactly a surprise uh, coming off the ACL tear. It's you're talking about Chandler Jones and Benson Mawaya right now. I mean, there there's a chance that like you and I've talked about that golden isn't a full go until October, maybe even November. I mean, he'll still be on the game day roster. Like I'd be surprised if he had to start on the pup list, but he'll, he'll be on the game day roster, but it'll probably be a rotational guy to start with. Um, So, this is really a golden opportunity, like you said, for for Indara or, or James to really kind of, or Jerry, sorry, or James to really uh, kind of, you know, grab the bull by the horns and, and take take control of their own destiny, so to speak. And and so it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. You know, as we as we hit the final little part of the show, um, I wanted to talk about. 
players that we think are likely to disappoint and then uh, the players that we want on the roster but probably won't make the roster because that that always that's gonna happen um, I'm I'm gonna point to well even though he's one of my players that I'm watching I think Bryce Butler is a prime candidate to disappoint because as as much as I don't know I haven't talked to him personally yet that's just what he's done his career he just has not been productive. For me, the, the two players that are most likely to not to disappoint is simply because of the height they're being given it would be Bryce Butler and Ricky Seals-Jones. I don't know what to expect from Ricky Seals-Jones. It's still only a second-year playing tight end, and I don't know. I mean, he'll he'll have opportunities to play. Um, those are the two players that I think are, are probably the most likely to not live up to what people are expecting out of them. Yeah, and I think both of those are fair. Um, you know, the guy I'm I'm most worried about that's going to disappoint, and and it's and it's actually two guys, and and they're the ones that are starting on the pup list, and I'm just worried that Jermaine Gresham uh, is is going to be sapped of kind of what athleticism he have left. Remember, he's 30. It's not like he's a young guy that just tore his Achilles. He's a, he's a 30-year-old. He's had chronic back issues uh, in the NFL, and now he's torn an Achilles. And then Marcus Golden was always a guy that relied really on his motor. He relied on being a relentless worker. And so I, I, I won't question whether or not either of them can come back and, and produce, but I, I just don't think that they're going to be healthy going into training camp. And so it's going to be kind of a slow process to start the season. And as we look at the last little bit, and that's players we want to make the roster that we probably won't. You know, there's two guys in particular for me. Elijah Penny is one. Um, he made great strides. He showed some promise. But right now, he seems to be behind everyone on the depth chart. So he's not really playing running back. And so he's probably not going to make the team as running back. But they have a veteran fullback in front of him. And they have him kind of playing H-back tight end. So maybe the versatility helps him make the roster. But if you look at the running back, you're going to have David Jones. You're going to have Chase Edmonds. You're going to have TJ Logan. So it's going to come down to, I think, and I don't think Sherman Beatty is a, is a person. So he's a guy on the depth <laughs> chart. So it's going to come down to DJ Foster and Elijah Penny. And in particular, DJ has gotten praise for his blocking by Steve Wilkes. And when you get down the depth chart at running back, you want someone who can play special teams. Foster can play special teams. He can do some returning. And you want someone who can also block. I, I want Penny to make the team because I like him, but I don't know if he's going to make it. Yeah, and that's a tough one because, like you said, he, he's a guy that's worked really hard for the Cardinals and done a nice job. Um, you know, when you when you look at this team, after the starters, it's, it's really a crapshoot on a lot of guys. And so one guy I'll say is Will Holden. And, again, it's because I don't know what this – this coaching staff is going to be looking for. And you might say, well, he was a draft pick, but he was a fifth round pick last year. I mean, it really isn't like it was a huge investment. We and saw the same they, thing in Cole Toner. We thought they liked him and then they cut him. Right. And and they just grabbed Corey Cunningham. Right. So, yes. Yeah, so I, I wrote about that. I said, Will Holden's a probably is, is going to be hard to make this roster because he's either going to 
got to beat out John Wetzel, which seems unlikely. And they've or, talked really glowingly yes, about Corey Cunningham. Like they they seem to really be high on what Cunningham offers from an athletic standpoint. I mean, the conversation about him maybe you know catching the ball and things like that. Like it's it's insane. <laughs> so it, it so clearly he is more on the radar at this point than Holden. And so, you know, you hit it on the head. It's Cole Toner all over again, like where you think that they like him, but it's just there's two other, there's too many others involved. And, the, and for me, the last guy that I see, and that I'm a little bit worried about Evan Bain. And the, I what would makes agree it, with that, I would want They drafted Mason Cole. Now, you haven't seen him at center, and everyone that Bruce Arians said it. You heard Steve Wilkes say it in the draft room, how they, you know, they like Evan Bain. But do they see Mason Cole as a center? And if they do, because we know what Bain has not worked out really. He's, he's not been good at guard. But if he's a center, why'd they go draft another center? Now, Cole can play guard, but if he impresses, because where he's been, what Cole's been doing, he's been taking reps at center. That's what he's been doing. And so if he shows that he's ready to be AQ Shipley's backup, that could mean adios for Evan because eh, can he step in and play guard? But they probably have better options to play guard on the, as their backups. Right, exactly. And and right now, Bain's listed as, as the backup right guard. And as you said, Cole kind of looks like he's going to be the guy that takes the interior swing position but if it's not Cole there you know what about John Wetzel and so like you said it's it, it's a it's a thing I agree with you there um and and so you could be talking about two 2017 draft picks off the bat being being cut I mean yes it's a fourth and fifth rounder but that's I mean that's less than ideal you'd like one of those guys to stick in year two um you know, the final guy that I would like to make the roster, but I don't think is going to, is going to be an undrafted free agent. And uh, that's why I didn't bring him up in the last conversation. That's Arius Moore, a guy that they've praised quite a bit, actually, this offseason. Um, I just, I just don't, I don't see where he fits in this depth chart at, the, at this time. Um like you said, it's going to be you're you're going to have Reddick, Bynes, and Buchanan, and then it's kind of wide open behind them. But but more seems like he's pretty far behind others in terms of the special teams tier right now. Right, and and with that, is there anything else that you want to bring up in terms of camp, in terms of programming? We will, since camp's bringing it at the end of this week, we won't even see any pads on until we, we if we were to record a show next week. So this is our last two-week break. We're going to come back in two weeks, and then we'll be talking about camp and getting ready for preseason games, and we'll be back every week after that. Anything left in terms of camp that's worth bringing up before before we come back in a couple of weeks? Uh, no, not right now. I mean, I think we're, I think we're heading in the right direction. I, I, I'm excited to see how this how the first camp under Steve Wilkes uh, turns out and really starts. All right. And with that, we'll, we will bid adieu. We'll say adios until next time. That's Seth Cox from RevengeOfTheBirds.com. This is Jess Root from 
cardswire.com. And we'll be back in two weeks with a new show talking about training camp and the preseason. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up C-Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Sea Red.